Welcome to the episode. Today I will be co-presenting with fellow actor Jake Wilden. We'll be asking our guests how did they get to where they are? The ups, the downs, the surprises, an honest chat about the industry and what the passing months have had in store for them. Our guest today had their big break with Braveheart in 1995. He followed this up with John Woo's Face Off and David Fincher's The Game, not forgetting Ridley Scott's Gladiator. More recently, he can be seen in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and for his wonderful lead performance in Heidi Greensmith's Winter. But you'll probably know him best as Charlie Hannon's right-hand man, Chibs, in the incredible Sons of Anarchy. Our guest today is the big softy, Tommy Flanagan. It's a laughing fail! Hello, my love. Hello, oh, darling. Nice, Tommy, it's been a long time. How have you been, mate? I know you're in uh, you're in sunny Chicago right now. How's it going? Who are you? That's my presenting voice. <laughs> I am the peachy son. I'm in Chicago for the last six months and uh, working my ass off, and it's been great. Doing is it a spin-off of Power? Am I correct in saying? Yeah, that? this is Power Four Force. Yeah. With the, it's the Tommy Egan um, spinoff. Tommy yeah, Egan yeah. was the main guy in that. Uh, played by Joseph Zakora, who's fucking epic, brilliant actor. And uh, I'm working with some very, very talented people and having a blast. So, yeah. The Chicago gangster. And um, oh. it's, uh, he's like, uh, yeah. Tune in, bet- you'll love. I bet it's nice to be out and busy again after all this stuff that's been going on recently as well. It's nice to be out of the house. Man, <laughs> we all didn't we, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. I can't believe, I was so fortunate. This gig came in in December 2020, and then I was here in, no, I mean, in January, I think it was. And then by February, I was, I was already here in Grafton. So I kind of went from lockdown to lockdown here because, <laughs> first off, I had to come in quarantine for two weeks. And then I moved into this apartment, and then it's just go to work and then come home. That's basically yeah. Uber, Uber Eats. Fuck Uber Eats. Got <laughs> <laughs> enough. How long's the How long's the job then? You stay, You said you started in February, was it? February. Uh, I finished about August twentieth. Wow. Yeah, that's a good old stint. It's a good old stint, son. You can have a nice holiday after this. <laughs> uh. I get Scotland in, in December. I'm going to go see my mum, see my daughter, and my wife. Um, but I got another gig just after this one in Vegas. It's a good and place then, to be working. I don't know. I, I'm not a fucking fan. Vegas can take that and shove it right up their asses. See, I, I just go, I'm being idealistic still, Tommy. That's my thing. I'm still stuck in that. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've probably seen it. So, you... so disappointed. It's just <laughs> chintzy, cheesy, <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> So, what's, yes. what's the job you're doing there? Can you talk about it? The next one? Mm-hmm. I'll just tell you this. I'm working with Bruce Dern. Nice. I know the name. I know the name. I'm like there trying to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern's worked to, he's worked a lot with um, with Quentin Tarantino, hasn't he? He's done a few films with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the guy you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's a wicked actor. Uh, he's like 85 years old. He's a brilliant actor. He's been some legendary movies. And um, mm. it's about this hospital that's um, it's a peculiar hospital. Let's just say that. <laughs> and lots of strange things go on. There's a, there's a, there's a hint of the shining in there. Uh, so uh, it's going to be fun, I think. I know it will be fun. So look forward. So that's where you are now, Tommy. But I really want to know, how did this... I mean, we've talked about this in the past, but... I mean, how do I get employed? How how the fuck? How do you do it? Yeah, no. How the fuck did he get one? How, how did you start? How did you start in this industry? How how I remember you mentioning Robert Carlyle and things like that. But if if you could say it in your own words, we'd hear how it began. That would be uh, very that'd be lovely, darling. Uh, uh, lovely, darling. Um, lovely. My I I, had, I I never had any dreams or aspirations of becoming an actor when I was younger. I knew a lot of actors and uh, like Bobby Carlyle, Caroline Parsons, Stuart Park, all these brilliant actors in Glasgow, Sandy Morton. 
and they had a theatre company, and then something really bad happened to me. And then um, Bobby said, you know, why don't you step away from that side of the world and come and join us in a theatre company? And obviously I was like, nah, not for me. I don't think that's my thing. (laughs) And I went and I did theatre for three years with these guys called Rain Dog Theatre Company. And it was um, a life-changing experience, obviously. And then Braveheart came to town. Patsy Pollock was casting. She saw me on stage. She asked me to come and meet her the next day. I met her, I met Mel, and, you know, I went to do Braveheart. Uh, it was supposed to be a two-week contract that turned into five and a half months, which was marvellous. And that was me. All of a sudden, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you just kind of stumble through and you learn as you go. So... So was Braveheart, was that the very first film you did? Number one. Wow. No, I did, I did like a little TV movie things, but that was the first feature I'd ever done. I did a thing with uh, Ray Winston called Black and Blue about the Toxic Riots. And, uh, yeah, I did that with him, and uh, that was great. Uh, David Heyman, I believe, directed that. But I think that was the only one. And then it was Braveheart. And then I was asked to, you know, you want to come to California, I want to introduce you to some people. Oh, Mel, bless his heart. And uh, I thought, no, I'll stay here a little longer and um, I don't know, I'll try and learn some more on stage. So I did stage for another a year, for a year late, for another year. And then Braveheart hit the screens. And uh, I think I went off and did David Fincher's The Game next. Right. Love Which that. I also had, yeah, I also had no fucking clue. I had a little more of a clue <laughs> what I was doing, but yeah, no, you know, so I did that. And then, um, yeah, just uh, 25 years later, here we be. Uh, so you did Sam. Ray Winston, Braveheart, then David Fincher. That's not yeah. a bad, that's not a bad run, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not that's, bad, that's son. pretty good going. <laughs> then, I had John, then I had John Woo, face <laughs> off. Then I had uh, uh, Philip Noyce, The Saint, with Val Kilmer. <laughs> can, I just, can I just can we just pause there and ask you what I mean there's lots of stories about Val Kilmer but what was that like as an experience to be kind of thrown into that world like so quickly and to work with someone was, like that to be honest with you whatever, Val Kilmer's a great actor whatever now it's just enough said about that but uh, to be thrown into that world was fucking it was pretty terrifying because, yeah. you know, you think everyone, everyone expects you to know everything. And I'm just this guy who was once upon a DJ in Glasgow, and now I'm suddenly in front of these incredible directors and uh, huge sets and Sean Penn and Michael Douglas and all that shit in the game. And I'm like, where the fuck? But, you know, people, uh, there was a few people, not many actors are very kind, let's face it. They're pretty selfish motherfuckers. I think there's a lot of paranoia and insecurity <laughs> in this business, as you know. So not everyone's trying to give you a helping hand, but a few did. Mm. And I learned a few tricks. And uh, that's why, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, uh, anyway, I'd like to share that with people from time to time. Because if it can harm for me, it can harm for you, Elliot Ness. I uh, know. This, well, this is the thing. Now listen, quite... now listen to me. Now listen to me. This kid, this is for the audience. This kid here is a fucking brilliant actor. Brilliant actor. Oh, and I was hoping to do uh, a couple of movies with them, and maybe we still shall, son. There's, there's fingers crossed, mate. Still... Fingers crossed. One day, one still checking, day. Son. Still checking, son. Still checking. <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, funnily enough, I had uh, Michael Sorkin on the, the phone yesterday. Oh, yeah. Just out of the blue, I hit him up in the morning, and he, he texted me. I was texting back and forward, and he called me up, and uh, he's doing, uh, what's his name? The English director, Mrs. England. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Shane Meadows. Shane Meadows. He's got the lead. Yeah. He's got the lead in the Shane Meadows thing. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. He had to put a stone of weight on and he's got this mad fucking accent going. And he's brilliant, that kid. Michael Soccer is one of my favorite actors. Yeah. He's brilliant, man. Did you see it? He's fucking genius. That new series, Time, with. With Sean Bean and uh, Stephen Graham, he had a bit a bit of a part in that. Really worth Time. watching. Yeah, it's about prison. It's a prison drama. 
What, yeah. what, what channel's it on? Netflix uh, or some shit? Oh, it, it. it was B. Was it BBC? Was it BBC? Yeah, I think it was BBC. It came out a couple of months ago, something like that. It'll be on iPlayer, I'm sure. But, supposed um, to be very good. I ain't yeah, seen it yet. check it out, man. It's really good. Sean Bean's wicked in it. Obviously, Stephen Graham's always great. And then, yeah, Michael Soccer pops up. Well. Stephen Graham is, I mean, when he did, what was that thing he did with the, the Irishman? Killed the, was, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so he's good, a, man. Mate, he's an animal. God, he, he sat with Pesci, De Niro, Scorsese, <laughs> with an accent, and he killed. He mm. fucking yeah, like killed. Mm. No, it was just like, ah, fuck, I do this every day of the week. No problem. I'm this guy. Yeah. And he, he amazed me. I thought he was fucking tremendous. He has a brilliant actor, that guy. Brilliant actor. He's so good. And he's been he's been doing it for so long. And now, only oh, in the hey. sort of last couple of years, he's become like a real household name. And people, you know, everyone knows who he is now. It's, um... I remember watching him in This Is England. And just like when I was, and I was only about 13, 14, I remember just being like, this guy's a madman. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, bruv. You're crazy. I was like, yeah. I think there's, there's not, it's a dying breed. There aren't that many left who go, you know, give it the full beans. Have you heard the story yeah. of the Irishman? And they're sitting in that scene where they're in the prison and Pacino's eating some ice cream. Stephen Graham was basically like, look, I had this plan. I spoke to the props person. I was like, have you got more of those, those bowls with the ice cream? Have you got more? And he was like, he didn't tell the director. He didn't tell anyone else. And um, he basically done it normal each time. And on the last one, he lo- he like he's doing the lines and he launches that plate that um <laughs> that Al Pacino's eating from. He launches it across him, grabs him and drags him to the ground. And he did it on the last take, none of the others. And afterwards, apparently Al Pacino was like, did you see it, Marty? Did you see it? He scared me. He scared me. Like, And that was the take that they used because Al Pacino shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a legend I love it yeah definitely a legend it's that it's that getting to getting to play and and mate that was one of the things I really enjoyed though with our scene um, one of our scenes where we were just kind of threw the script away after we'd done it a few times we'd already got it in the bag and then we were like right let's play with it and we just had a a nice little back and forth and just play with the lines and the characters and yeah usually that's the best thing that's the best because it's, it's true you know what I mean you're doing it no, come here, fucking dog man. Is only everything. Come here. Why are you in the fireplace? Come here. I've got come a on. daughter like that at the moment. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you turn, she's eating something. You know what I mean? This is terrifying. She's like, you're like, it's paper, mate. Why are you eating that shit? Like, it's shit. Do you know what I mean? It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it. I'm having shit. Don't give a shit. Like, ah, I'll eat you. <laughs> Jota. How old is she? She's 14 months. To that, to 14 months. And yeah, she's yeah. phone books. Nice. Oh, mate, she don't... She used to have anything. She's like, phone, I'll have that. Go on, then. <laughs> My daughter just turned nine in March. Yeah. My little girl. Wow. You're beating me. Why are you beating uh, so me? You, you know more than I do, mate. I'm, I'm clueless. I'm like... Oh, <laughs> I'm man. Like, I'm, I'm like, I can do nappies now. I'm mastering nappies. Past that. <laughs> I've only ever... I've only... Okay, you got to stop biting me. you got to let... Okay, fuck off. That's how you train these dogs. Um, no, it's, it's quite an incredible journey. My little girl um, will be nine. Oh, she just turned nine, rather, and uh, she was with me here. Yeah, it's quite a journey having a daughter, and uh, it's the best thing that happened in my life. Um, and like I say, she's nine, and she was. I, I had her here for over a month, and then her mother went home and just left me and Angela together, and we had the best time just, just hanging out and talking shit. So once you start to have a conversation with you, it just blows your mind. And they just yeah, say these, inc- these incredible... And there's always brutal honesty. There's no lying with children. They just say what's <laughs> there. And they go, ah! At least you know where you oh, stand, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, it's honest. I can't anyway. believe she's nine now. That's mad how cool... Nine years old, you believe that? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Jesus. Time yeah, flies. and... Uh, She's uh, her mother's six foot tall. I'm six one, and uh, like I say, she's nine years old. And you put her next to her little friends, and she's like head and shoulders above everyone. <laughs> and, and, I've got, and I've got like, a long one as well. I know about this. My, my I I've got a long one. <laughs> I've got a long one. <laughs> you're I ain't bragging. You're new to this game, son. I've got a long one. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah Jake didn't she came out really heavy didn't she what was she she was like yeah no, no she wasn't that heavy she was very long and basically I worked <laughs> out when she was seven I mean you pulled her hard when you're getting her out of there 
Stretched on a bus. It's just just didn't, he didn't stop, you know. <laughs> but, Fantastic <laughs> Four. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I worked it out when she was nine months old. She was the same length as Vern Troyer. That was the, that was the measurement I did. That was a measuring stick? Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, I wish you the best, young brother. I really do. It's, uh, like I say, it's an incredible journey. And um, then I apparently the teen, that, years, the teen years are apparently a pain in the ass. But I got a little time before then, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm holding we'll back. See. I've, I've got... Yeah, you got a lost time. You guys. I'm, uh, I'm a step behind. Wise. Nah, son. <laughs> wise. Very wise. I was 46 when I became a daddy, so. That's a good age. I, I always said, like... like Oh, I won't get into that story, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. My family life, I just thought I would never do what my father did to us. So I always said, when I have a baby, it will be because she's supposed to be here and I can afford to have her here, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Well, Kate, that reminds me. Katie says hello and she sends her love to you and the family, by the way. Oh, Katie, baby. She's still yeah. putting up with you? Uh, no, yes, mate, I'm a lucky heart. guy. I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> That is a trooper right there, putting she up is. with this She's horrible a little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Katie's a keeper, man. I, I, I adore that girl. She's lovely, lovely, lovely. Really adore her. But anyway, um, going back to the, the, the career, I want to ask, um, obviously, that I mean, just the list of films you just listed off there. The ga- I mean, a lot of them are my favourites. The Game, I mean, Face Off, all these films. Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Face Off as well. When you read that script... On paper, that must have sounded like a mental film that could go either way. Obviously, it became a massive classic, but yeah. at the time, no, no, I, like, is this going to be good? Well, you know, that cage is, was built like a motherfucker, and John Travolta wasn't. Yeah. So there was that thing. But, you know, it's John Woo, and uh, he just does incredible things with the camera, and uh, he knows how to shoot an action scene. But, uh, yeah. And of course, the the scenes with the, the white doves taken off in the chapel, the mm. the, the, John, the John Woo touch was um, I don't know, it was a great experience actually. I, I enjoyed it. And Michael Douglas also he produced that. I uh, did he? Oh, yeah, I remember he, we did the game, and then he came on set, and uh, he was so kind and gracious, and he, he came up to me and hey, I'm so happy you and all that stuff. But anyway, that was that was lovely. So. God, Michael Douglas is genuinely one of my all-time favourites, like films like Fatal Attraction and Falling Down and things like that. Like, it must be, for you at that time, was it something, you know, obviously you've worked with a lot of big names, but was it intimidating so early on to work with someone like that? Yeah. No, no, he was so kind and generous and sweet, man. And uh, plus, he also produced One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. We did that on stage. We did uh, one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest on stage in Glasgow with the Rain Dog Theatre Company, and it won all the awards and all that kind of stuff. And I've always wanted to play R.P. McMurphy, you know mm. Jack's character. Ah, oh, nice. what a role! But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, some male intimidated me at first because he was so blunt and open. I was I was kind of taken back by it. Mm. Um. Anyway, yeah. So he was, at the, but then. I got to know him after five minutes, and he was great. But uh, after that, I don't know. You know, you always get your fears and when you walk on set, and uh, no matter who you're working with, mm-hmm. apart from you, you were the <laughs> only one. I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, no. I mean, I'd seen your work before I came there, and I thought, wow, this kid's brilliant. And then soccer, I didn't know much about until... That's a dog, son. Having a jog. The audience Having are going to think it's you making those noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. But bring more sound effects. Okay, enough, baby. Come here. I'm going to put you up here, and you're going to you're going to hear it. So, being honest as well, <sighs> thinking back to like being intimidated by people as well. I remember doing. I always hate doing read-throughs for films. It's always that time where it kind of you have to do it to break the ice. You have to do it to see how it's going to be with that cast, but it's always quite nerve wracking. And I remember doing the read through with you for the first time and like having everyone. And it was quite, you know, it's quite an established cast, everyone all around on the table. And I remember being really intimidated by you and that you were so lovely and so nice that actually straight away, like you say about Michael Douglas, it was like, ah, oh, this guy, is, he's on my team. Like we're, we're collaborating and we're on the same side, you know, and that, that always, always kind of put people at ease, doesn't it? 
Um, I don't know why. I don't know why actors approach. I mean, I can see whatever your performance may be or the character you're playing. Maybe you have to be a little standoffish. I get that, mm. but not at the not at the kickoff. I mean, you got to establish some sort of because you want everyone to feel comfortable. You don't want an actor walking up to you and being a nervous wreck and all the butt up bullshit. You want to be your friend, and you know you want to. It's like I was saying, you know, I was doing the EPK yesterday for the show, and and how every every journey you take in this business, and you meet all the cast and the crews, and you become this little family. And then, boom, you're gone. On to mm. something else. Then it's another family. And every time, it takes a wee bit of your heart away. You know what I mean? You, you leave a bit of love here, a bit of love there. Da, da, da. And on and on it goes. So I was doing this EPK, and I, I was kind of refusing to, to say these kind of things because I'd said it so many times before in the past. And he's, you know, just, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I love everybody. And, you know, but the thing is, you do love everyone. It's just... It breaks, and then you move on to the next one, and you know it's um, you're putting yourself yeah. out there, bare ass naked. Here I am, fucking, you know. So you want, obviously, you want everyone around you is that support team, and you support them, they support you, and uh, hopefully the, the end product is is um, spectacular. Mm. Unless you work with this fucker, then you, you're just, you know, you're just, you're just blowing <laughs> in the breeze. <laughs> I know, son. It must be hard as well, like when you're, you talk about these, obviously for that experience when you're working on something, it is like a family and not to jump too far ahead of what you've done, but to just touch on Sons of Anarchy, because that, you did that for years and that must have been, when that ended, that must have been weird to step away from that family. That was seven years, well, eight years counting the pilot that we shot twice. Mm. Uh, Yeah, we, we started off with Scott Glenn. Oh, playing really? Clay, the Ron Perlman character, and then Scott, and for whatever reasons, I mean, he was he was seventy three years old. He was fucking buff, but I don't know. They they, they decided to recast Scott. I don't know if Scott left. But I'm not sure. I don't want to get into the politics of it. But then Ron came in, so we reshot the pilot, and yeah, we get Hellboy, big yeah. uh, big Ronnie. Ronnie is one of the, one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met in my life. I've got to say. He's a phenomenal, he's a powerhouse and he has a heart the size of a fucking elephant and he, he's, he's wonderful. I love him to death. He's one of those but yeah, son's just done everything, isn't he? He's just, he must have been He dead. was on fucking on the island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando, for Christ's sake. Is he, yeah. is is he that, that Yeah, he's the, 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 the hyena or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those. Oh, yeah. He also, I think, his, I think his first movie was with Kubrick, 2001. Wow. They're fucking was, was smashing it? the bones. Yeah. Oh, is that him? At the monolith. That's Ronnie Perlman. Yeah. Is that actually him? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, now. Yeah. I didn't know he started that early. That's like, that's a long time ago now as yeah. well. Well, it depends on how old you are, you fuck. <laughs> He's one of those Jakey guys long, that doesn't Jakey age. long, baby. He doesn't age. <laughs> no, I no. don't think of him as being old enough to do that. But he's like, isn't well, he, he's 70, isn't he? Something. Ronnie just turned, I want to say 65, but I think you may be right. Maybe 70. I don't know. You will know better than me. <laughs> I just remember yeah. seeing his age recently thinking, wow, I didn't realise that he, he, I mean, he, he's kind of timeless. <laughs> I don't think of his being. Yeah. Old, but... Beauty and the Beast. I mean, he's done so. And there was that French movie he did, which was brilliant. Um, shit. What's that one? He, all the little. The French movie it was all the children in France and, and Paris and he wears a striped shirt and he's saving all these kids and oh, it's a beautiful yeah it's a beautiful movie um, it might be Luc Besson but maybe not but anyway it's a gorgeous oh, movie and, yeah Ronnie was brilliant isn't it? brilliant I'll have to check it out and then it was the, the name of the rose with Sean Penn remember that one yeah you <laughs> I'm pretty good post post seventies. I'm pretty good with films, but uh, before that, I'm I'm not so good. It was the eighties. I'm sure it was. Uh, Tommy, I need to ask you, by the way, because basically, Gladiator in my house was like a rite of passage. It was the first time I was allowed. To, I think it was like fifteen. I think it was the first time I was allowed to watch fifteen films. My dad went, "You need to watch this film." It's about eight. 
and he was like, he was oh, like, stop rubbing in your age to him, Jake. <laughs> but um, my my like my one of my heroes is Richard Harris, and I also like like Oliver Reed, Richard Harris, Peter O'Toole, those three actors. I'm like, like they're fucking, they're, they're a class of their own. They're like, I just wanted to ask you what it was like to be on the same set as Oliver Reed because I can't imagine what that might have been like. That's, he was a madman. <laughs> me and Ollie, me and Ollie used to have lunch. We'd always invite me in his trailer for lunch with him. And uh, he was a beautiful human being. And then then sometimes he wasn't. But most of the time, he was a beautiful human being. Especially, when he, he only liked me and Joaquin and the whole fucking thing. Katie and everybody else. And Ru- Russell, like Russell. But uh, <laughs> I would have lunch with him. And uh, he's a very much a gentleman. And I would sit there just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his daughter told me at, the, at his funeral that I used to drive him mad, but he loved me. But I drove him mad because he was like, you know, start with the spoons outside and start working your way in, even on set. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we, I, 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 uh, we, I remember he passed, uh, me and, like I'd had four days off, and I thought I'm going to go to Glasgow. So Joaquin said, "Can I come with you?" And I was like, "Of course, let's go." So we flew off to Glasgow. I laugh, and uh, that weekend, Oliver was arm wrestling these fucking sailors in a place called the Pub on Malta. <laughs> and uh, one of his last conversations he had with his wife, which I won't tell you here, but he mentioned me and Joaquin, and, and then he walked outside and. Massive heart attack, he was gone. And right outside, a big sign above him, the pub. But, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for him. And I remember one day on set in Gladiator, he said, Danny, I, I was just at this bar down there and they have these little finches, boxes and cages. Let's go down and release them all. Because he's, he's an animal freak. You know, he just loved these animals. He rescued animals from all over the planet and he had them in his, on his, on his, in his home in Ireland. It was called his own personal Hyde Park. And it was full of donkeys and fucking, you name it, all three-legged dogs and God knows what. But, uh, yeah, so um, uh, I've lost the thread. Yeah, anyway, he's a lovely man, and, and he's, he's missed. And I, I was very fortunate enough to meet Peter too as well. Um, and he was fucking a little, just a legend. And a lot of the actors on... Um, on Gladiator were legends, you know, David Hemmings, his past, rest his soul. He, he was a beautiful man. And, um, yeah. So, that, Gladiator. That is just insane. Yeah, it's insane. And that was so fortunate to be put. Derek Jacobi was in there. Um, I, I'm still friends with Russell to this day, which is great. But I was really intimidated by Gladiator. Now I think about it. Because it's Ridley Scott and... yeah. Russell Crowe and all this and I show up and I've been on this fucking 14, 16 hour flight all around the fucking planet to get to Malta and I was just exhausted and I had to go straight to set and all that stuff and you know all of a sudden there I am sometimes I do what I want to do there's a time I do what I have to do Boom. okay that's a wrap thank you and then uh, yeah but uh, Russell told me a story that they were terrified about this movie. They, they, they thought it was going to go in the toilet because Russell kept saying, this is a fucking Toga and Sandals movie. What the <laughs> fuck? How's this going to play? It was like Ben song. Yeah. And him and Ridley were like, no, nah, this, is, this is... And it was epic. I mean, the, the, the sets were just insane mm. on Malta. It was incredible. It inspired about 15 years worth of invitations as well. Like there's about 15 years worth of films if you watch them, and it's just like you you look at there's you I don't know, there's so many films you watch, and you're just like you've watched Gladiator and gone yeah 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 well, I'll do that but I'll do it about a different time period. Like Ridley Scott just created like a whole fucking way of doing <laughs> things. People have been trying to do ever since. And like he's a master. He's he's the master. He's a master and an incredible artist. I watched him draw storyboards one day, and you've never seen anything this. He's just pen and paper. And he would, he would go around and talk to each department, da-da-da, da-da-da, I want this, I want that, da-da-da-da. And he would come and sit behind the monitors, tell his actors what he wants, he'd sit there, and he would start drawing these storyboards. And every one was like a work of art. I mean, mm-hmm. f- I mean, incredible. It was, uh, wow. 
So yeah, he's he was an amazing human being. He is an amazing human being, for Christ's sake. And uh, hopefully one day I'll I'll go back and work with him because um, I love that experience. And he's so fucking cool, so cool. But he's a fucking he's a wee redhead and he's fiery as fuck. I remember <laughs> him and him and Russell kind of had a little thing one day, and uh, he, he just went. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I went, okay, let's do it your way. Fine, <laughs> all good. But uh, yeah, he's he's a legend. He's a hundred percent motherfucking legend. He's make, he makes classics. There's a, there's a certain kind of director who makes classics. He's classics. McFincher, <laughs> classics. Ridley well, Scott, classics. If All you think guys. about the films he's done as well, like even just the contrast between Alien and Gladiator, you're just like, they couldn't be any more different, but yeah. they're both absolute classics. Yeah, what a, what a career he's had. It's crazy, isn't it? That was, that was a great attraction for me for Aliens versus Predator. Because mm-hmm. I was, I've always been a massive Aliens fan, and then I got Paul W. Anderson was directing, it and I got that gig in two thousand two or something, two thousand four, and and off to Prague for fuck knows five months or some shit, long time. And uh, before I left the, the production, they asked me if I would uh, if I would fly with the alien heads. <laughs> not 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 I literally have them in my seat, but. So I'm thinking, sure, why not? So these guys from the studio turn up with these two massive crates, huge, this tall, big fucking crates. I'm standing in the Earl of Banzer line, checking in, and these guys turn up with these two huge crates. So the girl behind says, well, we have to open and see what's inside them. And I'm like, <laughs> they're aliens. So they pop up these, they definitely unbolt them, take the tops off, and there's two massive, the heads, they're like fucking huge. These two big massive heads, and um, I'm standing there going, "Oh, Kidoki, I'm flying with aliens. How fun!" And everyone in the airport's all like, "Oh my god, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was crazy." That that film as well, like, as you say, that like, being a fan of Alien and 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 that the idea, just the concept of that film must have been really exciting before you got it to was. actually go out there and, and and actually be on set with the aliens and all those iconic images. That must have been crazy. It was so upsetting. When you see the guys in the cup, when they take their tails off <laughs> and they're just walking about with the wires hanging out of their ass and stuff, it's just, oh man, keep the tail yeah, on. You're, it for me. you're killing it. You're killing me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but those guys who operated that, those, uh, the costumes and the huge, the, the huge queen thing, I went to see yeah, them as they finished built. Yeah, the beast, but they finished building it and it's like 20 foot tall and their daughter's. Animatronics, that we call it, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was, that was incredible beast. It was, was wow, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and Lance Henriksen was in it, and Lance Henriksen was the guy in Aliens. He was the the, the, the yeah, artificial, yeah. yeah. So uh, then he was an alien visit predator, and me and him had some laughs in, in, in Prague. You've touched on a few things there, yeah. which are just you know something for me and Jake, both being young actors and. And wanting to do like you get into films like that, that is it's inspiring to to hear. And it's the stories that you want to be telling, like when you get to that point where you're like, Yes, I've done these things. Is there a is there a character or a film? Is there is there something that you can say is your highlight? I mean, could you choose from all those things, like something that really stands out to you and be like, that was the moment where I was like, This is where I'm meant to be. Um I mean, that's a big ask. There's a lot you've done a lot of films, but no, 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 I can answer that actually. It wasn't so long ago. Um, uh, the movie didn't, uh, 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 the performance was uh, working with Heidi Greensmith on a film called Winter that was very badly mismanaged after the production. It was given over to the distributors, and I don't know what the fuck they did with it, but they fucked it all up. And um, it was nominated for everything. But just wasn't it just wasn't backed properly or handled properly, which is heartbreaking because I remember working with Heidi. I told you I wanted you to come and work with Heidi as well. Mm-hmm. Heidi Greensmith, by the way, audience, mm-hmm. she's incredible. Check it out. So you know that was a role that I I think I'm having the first. I don't know how to say this. 
Anyway, I like that role. I'll just leave it there. Without, I don't want to just talk a lot of wank about immersing myself in my character. <laughs> that was a proper character piece, though, wasn't it? Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah, probably like, but it was, it's, it's very much like a sort of one man, sort of like, real sort of in his psyche and very fucking, it's a real yeah, piece. It's just, yeah. So it was, you know, it was, you were in that performance constantly. And there had Tom Payne in there and Bill Miner and uh, Stacey Martin. Mate, it's, it's, a, it's a wicked film. It's a great film, and you're you're wicked in it. Like it's it is one of those parts, as, and you're the out and out like person that carries the story. Was that your? Because you've done so many films, but I remember. I think you said to me. I might correct me if I'm wrong. Was that your first lead role? Even though you've done all these films, that was your first. Was that my first lead? Which is fucking. Uh, I don't know. I may be wrong. I remember you saying that, but. I could, I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, maybe, but no, but yeah, but for me personally, I yeah. would say that was my that was my swan song. If not a swan song, so I'm just fucking about to drop dead. Yeah, haven't done it. Uh, <laughs> don't let the hair confuse you, gentlemen. <laughs> can I be really rude for a minute? Um, basically, I've got the bladder. You've never for fucking stopped being rude since you got on here. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do, Jake? Can you pardon me for two minutes? Because I've got a bladder of an 84-year-old lady. You <laughs> Go on, lady. I come back. Go on, son. <laughs> Thank you very much, boys. It's good to see you again, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, I need to get you in soccer and something with me. and Because uh, uh, I think these two are pretty fucking fantastic. That's oh, guys honest. 100%. 100%. I, I, love, I loved watching you work on that movie we did together. And uh, you were a brilliant kid. And everything Thanks, I've man. seen you, I think you're exceptional. And uh, if anyone's out there listening, hire this fucking kid. He's going to do <laughs> podcast his whole life. <laughs> um, no, thanks, man. You're very kind. You're very kind. No, no, no. And did you do that uh, First World War movie or Second World War? Yeah, movie? yeah, yeah. I did yeah? It got obviously because of what's been going on. It got delayed. Because of me. Because uh, of me, huh? son. Yeah, we did the tape together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We taped. Cha- 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 I'm not no, doing another one. No, no, I'm doing another one. That was perfect as well because. Uh, we, we did that, and I sent off the tape. And do you know Sam Hazeldean ended up doing it as well? Sam, I love. Yeah, I love yeah, Sam. Yeah. Wicked actor. He He's in it as well. He's the lead. Um, oh, really? Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just so ends up. We ended up doing that pretty much, I think it was six Straight months after. We, we worked together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's coming out in the cinemas, so it's coming out soon. Um, no, please let me know, pal. I want to yeah, see Yeah, man, that. I'll, I'll, I'll get a copy sent out to you. But you, um, you, you nailed that. You, you fucking nailed that audition. I mean, you, <laughs> your fucking lines taped to the camera and on the, on the stand. <laughs> oh, he's got it sussed. He's got it sussed. In the no, side it was, but thing was, it was so cool. He had the odd glance to it and whatever, but no, he, he nailed it. And he, I was really impressed. And I would go, do another one, do another one, do another one, just to fuck with him. Man, that really <laughs> helped, man. Jake, this is... That was great, because everyone get better, 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 better. Tommy's You're talking about um, the war below. Because yeah, basically, yeah. Jake's, Jake's in it as well. Um, yeah, the, di- the director's wicked, man. And I, I suggested Jake, and I sent some footage of Jake over to him. And the director's like, yeah, we've got this part he can play. So Jake yeah. came along and did, did a couple Lovely. of Lovely. Uh, John's, John's a gentleman. So, yeah, that was, that was nice. It was yeah. the first time I'd been offered a job. It was like... I sort of, he emailed me and I was like, oh, he, and I was like, he hasn't asked me to come in for an audition. They'll always ask eventually. And it's the first time I didn't have to go in for a casting. So that was quite a nice experience. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? They want yeah. me. Like, it's rare. Uh, it's the best feeling. Yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> they do know that. Fucking putting yourself on tape or whatever. I hate all that bollocks. It's just so phony. <laughs> just getting in front of someone is, um, and I'm just getting the offer is even better. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but getting a room, get, there's nothing better than getting in the room with someone and like sort of letting them see you make a tit of yourself and sort of do all of that. And then, like, exactly. sort of, you know, like you can yeah. kind of, you can sometimes, you know, you might not do the best casting in the world, but you can have a connection with the casting director. They go, all right, it might not have been the best, but I can see something. Whereas in the greatest cast, yeah, the greatest casting director alive today. Is Mr. Des Hamill? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Elliot could testify. <laughs> He's a that. Did he not grab? Did he not rag doll you around the room? Yeah, or yeah, something? yeah. He strangled me. <laughs> <in addition>. <laughs> <laughs> My boy! I accidentally gave him a bear hug once, and I don't think he's ever oh, seen me since. Did he bite you? Well, he, I, I basically, he, he kind of, he came in, and I didn't know if he was going for a handshake or a bear hug, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll give him a bear hug." And he just shouted the way he just shouted at me. He went in for the fucking meal deal. 
And like that was what he said. He didn't say anything else to me ever again. You see, can you say that without doing a really bad Scottish accent? <laughs> he is one of the funniest men. I've known Des since we were like 17 years old in Glasgow. And the first time I met him, we were in a bar. I'm sitting in this bar and Des walks in. And I've got a pint sitting next to me at the bar and Des walks in with this Rolex watch. He goes, interested in buying a Rolex. I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, I'm like, nah, mate. 20 quid, fucking Rolex. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of 20 quid. It's real. And he throws it in my pint. Look, waterproof. <laughs> Pulls it out. And I was just like, kick Fuck, man. I love this guy. I love this guy. <laughs> and we we have been friends ever since. And uh, I'm, his, uh, I'm Ethan's godfather. And um, yeah, he's family. <laughs> I love him to death. And I hope you gay guys get in front of him someday. And um, you kill it with him because uh, I'm sure we've, uh, Jake. I don't know your work pal, but I know that little fucking friend of yours. He smashes it, and I'm sure you do too. So uh, it'd be nice to get you in front of that guy because he knows his shit. Um, he knows his shit. He won the BAFTA. He just got the BAFTA for Top Boy. Right. I think he's the first male. I mean, it may have been the first uh, BAFTA for for casting. Maybe it's only it's only recent they've been doing it. Yeah, well, he's the first one to get it, and. Uh, He's cool as fucking, but he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't he's even a real boy, isn't he? He's a real boy. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I think that's the, probably Stevie Graham and guys like that. And even I'll put, I'll put myself in here. It's like, you know, you've got to hang on to your past. It's so much, there's so much to draw on, you know, there's so much life experience um, that I personally have had. And I can't, when, you know, they give me a bad guy role. Yeah, sure, no problem. I can do that. But um, I, yeah, I do love to be challenged. But uh, but uh, fuck, I don't know what I'm talking about. If we can edit this part out. Yeah, you were talking about like Stevie Graham was, and that, like it's sort of. Yeah, they, they bring. They, 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 yeah, they bring that. They bring their their knowledge and what they've learned and what they've experienced and their lives, and you bring that to the screen. And if yeah, that's it's not, not it's true, it's a working class thing as well. And there's not like you know you you. you not to say that it's completely inundated with lots of posh boys from Rada, but there are quite a lot of posh boys from Rada. And I think that you do, when you do get the odd, like, not to not to not Rada, but like, when you do get the odd sort of laddie... Fuck Rada! Stand on my dick! Fuck when you, get, <laughs> when you do, when you do get the odd sort of, when, when you've flagged your way up, I think there's something to be said about sort of, when you've got there just through, you fucking lived, it's happened, you've sort of, you've, you've had to scrap yeah. and fight a little bit along the way. Like, you, you get a little bit more... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I never. I, when I started doing theatre, I, 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 I was so freaked because I kept saying to all the actors, "I should go to drama school. I should go to drama school. I'll go to right, whatever the hell." And they were like, "No, they'll take more out than they'll put in. Mm-hmm. You might learn a few tricks, but they'll take what you have and they'll fucking destroy it and they'll turn it into this it. fucking, yeah, this actor." Whereas uh, to me, it's just if you go on there. You forget your vanity, you forget all your bullshit. If you go on there and you tell the fucking truth and you walk away from that scene thinking, I just told the truth there, job done. Even if you look like a cunt, doesn't matter. Vanity has yeah. to go away. Mm. You just have to go in there, I'm telling the truth, this is me. Like me and Fuckface, when we did a movie together, um, I mean, we were, well, he wasn't so much skinny little fucker, but we, oh God, yeah, we, we, uh, we didn't care. We didn't hear and soccer was so good and uh, that was a good little cast actually. It, it was, was a good cast. yeah, it was. Yeah, and the Hazel was a nice show, wasn't it? Yeah, the Hazeldean, yeah. Sam Hazeldean, yeah. yeah. Sam's lovely man. He loved the guy. <laughs> every time, yeah. I, every time yeah. I've met him, he's had a wonderful mustache. He always has a different type of mustache. Always wonderful. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he loves a mustache. You know what I, doesn't he? he does. You know what I did? You know what I did recently? Uh, my daughter was here. I'm trying to find something, you know, we could just fall asleep watching. So we started watching Downton Abbey. Right. Don't tell any- Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but we started watching Downton Abbey. And then she left and went home with her mama. And uh, I, I, I took it all the way through the bit. Six seasons <laughs> I watched. It. Oh, Six wow. Fucking seasons. That's, that's, that's an exclusive right here, guys. <laughs> that's a death. Yeah, but we're not, we're not going to tell anyone, obviously. Yeah, no, no, I'll edit this bit out, obviously. Obviously. No, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't mean that. Actually. I mean, I, I, okay, I'm I, Irish up the arse. I mean, I've got fucking huge history. My grandparents and blah blah blah. Whatever, I won't tell you too much. But anyway, the British Empire is not our friend. Well, I mean, I can't match six series of Downton Abbey. My, my missus, when she was pregnant, 
got like a sort of a, a real sort of obsession with watching Call the Midwife. And so I think I've watched now, it's sort of on and off, about 96 <laughs> hours of Call the Midwife. Oh my God. You could I'm a broken that. man. It took me about three months of recovery. Like, so I've been to yeah. rehab a few times over it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's hard, man. Like, <laughs> you, you keep fighting, you think you'll get through I'm it. Getting... So where are the YouTube fuckers? I mean, I know we could talk about it for, for hours. Um, I can actually, to be honest, they're doing another film, aren't they, Tommy? You should slip in there. And uh, I can imagine you in Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Lord, uh, fuck you, you English bastard. Boom. Yeah, there you go. Hugh Bonneville, boom. See you later, son. He's a great actor, by the way. I love him, Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, he's I mean, great. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's great. I mean, anything I've seen him in, I loved. I, I loved him in The Monument, The Monument Men, Monuments. The, yeah, the, the, Clooney, blah, blah, blah. the Clooney film. Clooney movie. He was, uh, I, I, yeah, he, he brought a tear to my eye. I remember that. Is he someone you'd like to work with in the future? Sure, why not? Oh, and he was in Paddington Bear. Paddington, you should meet him. Oh, my God, what's he done over there? A little bastard. Is he oh, done the shit? <laughs> what did you get into? What is that? Fucking dog. Oh, you know what? He's actually the best travel companion I've ever had in my life. He's wonderful. I love him to death. But he's a baby and uh, he likes to shit. It's yeah, not I even mean... just... It's not usually a regular shit. It's Jurassic Park shites. <laughs> From such a small... <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty big for a puppy, but he's fucking. He produces these mountains of fucking soggy <laughs> shite. I clean shite twice in my life, my daughter and this puppy, and I'm done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, is he he's still, still? Are you still sort of training, potty training the dog at the moment? Then is he? Young? Oh yeah, he's great. He, he goes to the he goes to the pee pads and does all these things there and shit. Thank God. But um, I'm going to drive back. From Chicago to uh, California, do it? yeah, I'm going because I, I don't want to put them on a plane, and I don't want me. I, want to, I just don't trust fuckers. Yeah, eighty degrees, ninety degrees. Be, yeah, as long as we avoid Nebraska, it will be great. Because I hear Nebraska is like the doldrums. It's like the fucking you don't want to get through there. So I'm going to do this big loop around Nebraska and come down the west coast, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll hit Vegas. I'll do the movie. And then I'll go back home and uh, oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, put your feet up. Sounds nice. like you need it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another thing in September I might be going to do in uh, Saudi Arabia, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything there for you fellas, you know I'll call you. Have yeah. you, um, so, have you, you and um, you and Heidi, have you? What what became of of Bloody Mary? Is that still a is that still a thing? Because I loved that script, man. That script was wicked. Uh, Oh God, she's rewritten it and it's, it's actually brilliant at the minute. They're supposed to be in Tenerife right now shooting it. I oh, really? I believe, yeah, because I was going to go from this to that, but um, it just didn't work out the date yeah, something yeah. when it happened because I, I just can't do it. And I'd, I'd love to have done it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I worked with Heidi any, any day of the week. And, um, but I don't know, it's a shame. Um, Such a good script. It was like the Thelma of Louise of Ireland, wasn't it? It was like a real totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go with that Thelma and Louise. But um, she's got a wonderful cast. I've got to say, she's got a great cast there. And I'm kind of broken-hearted that it didn't work out. Mm. I, I really am because I think she's. I mean, I, like I say, you know, I've worked with a few kind of good, good, good directors, shall we say, and. Uh, she she's my favorite director. She gets yeah. this performance out. You you didn't know it was in there. Yeah. Like I would do a scene in winter, and uh, you know you do angry, and she's like, no, that's that's you, Tommy. That's that's a good fella, Tommy. I want to see Woods Weston, my character. I want to see his anger. It's not this, and and so you, you you pull it back a little bit, and there was only a, a couple of little flare ups of, of anger, and she I just thought she did it beautifully, and I I. I it was yeah, it was one of the best experiences I've had so far mm. in the old acting world. It's, Apart from being on stage and Rain Dog, that was quite incredible. And uh, yeah, it was one of the best. It's something lovely about when you work with a director, and it's like you don't—they don't necessarily have to say much to you. They can kind of just like we John, who we worked with on the Wall Below, and it was sort of like he would—the only direction he gave me would be like, "You just look at me, and be, be better." Like, Come on. Yeah, be better. Don't be, be shaking. Don't be shaking. I'm like, oh yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, yeah. One note. Be better. Yeah. 
no, it's, always uh, work. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I, I love to work with directors and collaborate, and you know, because you're giving up so much of yourself. You know what I mean? And, mm. You know, even if you get paid big or you get paid small, yeah, like uh, I won't. A friend of mine said to me, uh, "Oh God, should I tell this story?" No, that, that, definitely, that definitely means you should. <laughs> yeah, I know I should, but I'm not gonna. So fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you in private. Okay. But um, something about to me personally, people think this is wrong, but I, I some people think it's wrong. But I have to give it all. If I don't feel I'm giving it a hundred percent, then then you know it's a, it's a fucking point. Yeah. And some people say, well, you know, it's just this, it's just that. Just go there and beat you and, and blow it. Nah, I can't do that. You know what I mean? It's got to be 100% or else what's the fucking point? Well, that's know? when the adrenaline comes in, though, isn't it? When you're scaring yourself, you get the actual rush. If, you, if you're not scaring that's yourself, you're like, you know. That's it. You know what? I, I, a long time ago when this happened to me, I was attacked by five guys, stabbed and fucked up. And that was a terrifying experience. But I've got to say, the first time I walked on a stage was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. And I remember my very first night, I came out on stage and this oil drum, is, it was a kind of industrial type stage. It was a conquest of the South Pole was to play. And there's this oil drum in the back. And all through rehearsals, I'd never sat on it or I just kind of leaned against it. But I just opened the night, I decided I'm going to just sit right on it. And when I sat on it, it, it depressed the metal of the top of the drum, you know, big oil drums, you know? And it, it, so I, went, I felt it going down. I went, oh, shit, when I stand up, this is going to be bad. And sure as fuck, but all the actors are on stage. I'm on the side, just went to do my... And I, you can, the audience can see I'm there. Yeah. But then I have to, I have to kind of get involved in this scene and save my young... My, my older brother, who's a simpleton. Anyway, I get to go off this oil drum. And it went boing right behind me, and it was like every head in the <laughs> and it was. I had to have this the longest walk of my life. It was like twenty feet to get to Sandy Morton, and I was like, "Oh my fucking god! Oh my fucking god! No, 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 no! Give the line, fucking get off stage! I'm backstage and I'm going, oh, 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 oh! The adrenaline was. I was like, wow, man, I like this. I like this. So yeah, it's all about the adrenaline, man. It's great." Would you ever go back and do theatre again? Is it something you'd want to you go back and do? I would definitely do, yeah. I almost did something a few years ago, which on Broadway, of all delightful places, darling. But, uh, <laughs> darling but anyway, yeah, I, I would definitely, I would love to. Why not? If you don't mind me saying, sir, I mean, like you've got you've got the main now. You could definitely go in for a bit of Leah. I reckon you're like, you know, Man. I reckon you go in, give like, you know, I can see it. I, I I would love to do Macbeth. I would love to play Macbeth. I would love to fucking, give that a go. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, Shakespeare to me growing up was like, fucking hell. Are you kidding me? Who, who, who reads this? But when you actually, well, yeah, I, I did Macbeth, not play Macbeth. I was, uh, you know, Seton and a few other motherfuckers. And, uh, but once I, I, I understood the language and, and you see it up, up on its feet and uh, the best. It's the fucking That'd best. Be fucking great. People think it's pretentious or whatever balls for the shake, but it's not. I mean, he's written everything. Everything that's been written to this day, Shakespeare mm. done it. You I mean, I've, I mean? I've been nagging my agent for weeks about this at the moment. I'm just keep I keep trying to get I'm like, I'm like, I'm just get me in the globe. Look out, I'm just trying to get me in the globe. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> so this is a it's like a little mission. <laughs> wait, wait, who's your agent? Uh Lane Murphy. Hey, Lane Murphy, get him on the fucking globe. <laughs> I'll send you a job. A little voice mate to a Jake. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would, I would happily. What did we say? Tread the boards. Tread uh, the like boards. Yeah, man. I don't mind that. Obviously, you've um, you, I mean, we've talked about you working loads and stuff like that. But like, for for young actors coming into the game and like, you know, people listening to this that are like trying to start their career. Have you had points where you've been out of work? And if you have, how have you dealt with that? Of course, that's just this is this is the light. This is a journey. You choose to take this journey. In every journey, there's always bumps in the road, but um, you, you just got to stick in there, man. No matter what, you just got to keep fucking going. And 
it will happen. If you're committed to this, you've, that's your vision, this is what I want to do. No matter how big or small it becomes, as long as you follow that and you have the love and you keep doing it, then just just keep fucking doing it, man. Just don't, 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 don't back away. Just This is what I want to do, so I'm going to keep doing it, and you'll do it. Find a little theatre, let like me, find a little theatre company, try it out. If it works for you, just keep pushing and, you know, make a few phone calls or whatever. Or else if you're a lucky motherfucker like me, you get brave up. So yeah, your, your first job with Mel Gibson, why not? <laughs> why not, son? So, uh, I mean, some people are lucky and they get that, but you, it must be pretty cool to look back on that and think, wow, that is like a one in a million. Like, that's a good start. Doesn't get much yeah, better. That's a good start. That's pretty. It, good. It, was, it was pretty incredible. And uh, Brendan Gleeson, come on. Oh, oh what a legend. Mate. What a legend. And his, yeah, like, his I was son's doing, great as well. Oh, both these sons are brilliant. Um, I, I was in a movie called Sunset Strip, uh, the 70s fucking rock star, Duncan Reed. <laughs> and um, it was with Anna Frail and Rory Cochran and Simon Baker and Jared Leto, it was an incredible cast. And um, we're doing night shoots. We blocked off Sunset right outside the Whiskey Go-Go. And uh, my trailer was over there. Uh, um, John Linson saw Brendan Gleeson walking down Sunset. And he, he, he said to John, he said, that he's, John was producing, obviously. And he said, oh, what's this? And it was big posters, big billboards of me all around the Whiskey. Is that fucking Flanagan? And John's like, yeah. He said, where is he? I said, he's on set right now. He said, where's his trailer? I said, oh, let me take you straight, put me in my trailer. So I, I do my thing and I come back to my trailer and uh, it's pitch black and I'm like, oh, fuck, I turn my lights off next minute. Ah, you bastard! <laughs> Fucking Brendan. I'm uh, like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Oh, good to see you. Yeah, he's a uh, fucking legend. What a legend. He did, one of the most, one of my favourite memories of... Uh, a Braveheart was in this little hotel in the Highlands of Scotland. And um, Brendan goes, right, what did you do? What's your thing? What do you do? Do you sing? Do you dance? What Everyone had to do the little thing. I had nothing, you know. Tell you a fucking joke, maybe. So Brendan says, back in a second. And he goes upstairs and he comes back with this fiddle. And, you know, he's a huge man. He's a tall, big, and he's got this big red beard. And he puts this fiddle under his chin. It looks like a fucking toy. And I'm like, God, you never heard anything like it. It was fucking beautiful. And then we went to Dublin. We'd go to these bars together and uh, all these impromptu music things would happen. He would turn up with his fiddle and then <laughs> someone would walk in with a guitar and a baran and this whole jam session would just happen. And that was... I, I used to love doing that. That's amazing. That, that There's no better place man. for live music than Dublin as well. I mean, that's the, fucking, that's the place to be. Best mate, it really is. It was gorgeous on the left there. And in that same year, we had BB King, uh, Van Morrison. You search all the streets down to the big, um, uh, big uh, live music free thing for the city. The streets nice. were packed, and the, the music was just piping around everywhere through Dublin. And uh, oh my god, it was fucking amazing. And you too, they were doing some shit there. It was amazing. And yeah, '94, the year they legalized condoms in Ireland, '94. <laughs> I swear Thank to God, I, I remember the fucking big news. Dun, dun, dun. Condoms are now legal in, in Dublin, in Ireland. You can buy your condoms at your local store now. That's what? mad, isn't it? What are you stopping? You got caught with one. That's what... <laughs> you have five years. 20 years, son. 20 straight. <laughs> Bum. Age block. Fuck off. You're in there with the IRA. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, chill, you know, chill, that, that, I suppose that way you, you've got a 20 year sentence either way really ain't you you're like oh you mean 20 years of bringing up a child well yeah I mean <laughs> yeah no no it's uh... that's mental man happy days happy days I've got, I've got a lot of great memories and you're bringing them up now sometimes you forget to think back and uh, it's nice to kind of Talk, talk this shit. Oh, I'm not too boring, but yeah. No, mate, it's really interesting and it is inspiring. It's, it's, you know, when I found out that I was going to do a film with you, it was one of those things where I was like, fucking hell, that guy's done so much. And then looking it up thinking, Jesus, there's other films that I didn't even, I forgot. I was like, God, you've done that one and that one. Things like Sin City as well and Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah, yeah. and all these other things. Like, mate, you could, you could retire today and just be like, I'm, you know, I've, I've done it. I've done it. Because you have, you've, you've basically completed it. 
Um, no, I don't. I, I don't think I could retire. To be honest with you, I don't. Because uh, uh, I, I always say, you know, obviously we love doing what we do, and there's. Um, I don't know how that translates that we love doing what we do. It's um, nah, I can't retire. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not retiring. I, I enjoy it when it's right. It's right. Mm. I hate to do a job for money. I, I despise that. Mm. Um, but you know, we all have to. You know what I mean. But um, I've been fortunate. I've, I've, I've had a few good choices in the past little while. So yeah, but like, it, just to talk about inspiring people, it's just stay the course. So you can do. Yeah, but I keep thinking, what, what the fuck would I be doing if I wasn't doing this? Oh yeah, I'm fucked Rock. either way. I might as well crack on. <laughs> crack on, son. You're a baby, <laughs> and you got a baby, and you know, crack on, son. Why not? <laughs> It is crazy to think, not? like, our job is it is a mad thing to do for a living. But, like, yeah. if you can do it and actually make money doing it, I mean, why not? Because there isn't a... Why the fuck not? If no, you no, love it, be a gig. best job in the world. And, Tommy, yeah. this, has been, this has been wicked, mate. I just want to ask you one last thing. It's, always, it's a bit of a... It's kind of a tradition now. It can be on set, or like, to do with, the, like, your, your industry. But has there been a moment where you, you can share with us that was like a humiliating moment, like an embarrassing moment that, um, well, for the audience that don't know you like I do, but like to humanise you, we want to hear you. It's something where, well, I mean, to be fair, your story about the drum and being on set and it going boing was pretty, it's one of those things. Yeah, go. That, it happens to everyone. First man. time on stage. It was terrifying. <laughs> um, embarrassing moments. Oh Other than God, working yeah. with me, of course, because I know that's coming. That, that was pretty embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> That was horrific, especially the Spandex movie. Oh my god, you ever seen this boy in Spandex? It's not a pretty sight. He's a, in Spandex acting like a 16 year old girl in a man's body, in a very small man's body. So, yeah, check it out. Um, I don't know, pal. You know, there's so much will crush your soul in this business. You know what I mean? It really is. It's, you think you're doing great, and all of a sudden, it's like, no, that wasn't great. So, you just strive to strive to improve and go on, but mm. nah, I don't dwell on it. What's the point? What's I mean, I point? do. We do. We all do. But you have to kind of. Okay, I'll I'll put a positive spin on it. Has there been a movie you just thought, oh, this is going to be terrible? I'm, I'm, you know, I I don't even know why I'm doing this film, and then it's come out and been a great film, been a great success. Yeah, most things I do. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I, nah, I, oh God, I don't know. I have no idea. Can I, can I ask one little question? Um, Sons of Anarchy. Who's the best person on Sons of Anarchy to have a, to have a drink with? Who's sort of like, who's, who's your best drinking buddy? Sort of doing an episode of something. You know, you know, who's your man? Yeah. Oh, to be honest with you, Sons of Anarchy was a sober set. It was, oh, okay. Yeah, we everyone smoked weed like motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Fair so <laughs> we would we would rap, we would rap but in all weird locations all over California, and we would stand next to our motorcycles and all ride home after work, and we'd we'd all chong together. Me, Charlie Boone, and uh, DL. And, Is this like you're allowed yeah. over there, aren't you? You're 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 liberated. You're like well, it wasn't legal then, but was, <laughs> you know, yeah. But it was uh, it's just what you did, you know. Plus, one of the actors was a, was a real hell's angel. So, so that. Was that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, was he the guy but, that was at the? Um, there was a guy when we went, when we went to that comic con, and I met you there in Wales. And um, hey, bro! Uh, half guy. of them, hey, were, yeah. Some of them there. I was pretty sure he was there as well. Yeah. That's Shaved funny. head, tattoos. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Him. yeah. Yeah, that, that's the big DL he's uh, but no my 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 my, my guy on that show that <coughs> I doubt was uh, Mark Boone Jr., who I respect immensely and he's a, also a fantastic actor. Mm. The most fun I think I had towards the end of the season of the show was working with Kim Coates. Because we kinda hated each other at the start and it becomes this little I don't know, this look kind of love brotherhood thing we had towards the end. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed working with him. He was uh, that was a, it a lot of laughs. But uh, just being able to ride the bikes around as well must have just been fucking wonderful. Like, well, I lived out in Malibu, so it was a fifty mile ride every day, no matter what, just to get to the stage, and then we'd off go off on a location. 
Yeah. So I'd ride to work every day and I would jump on my bike and ride around all fucking day and then I would smoke and then I would, no, no, not when I was riding because that'd be dangerous, kids. But yeah, and then I would ride home and it was all, I had my music in and yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I get some wonderful memories from that. What an incredible so, show to be a part of as well because it, it's up there with Breaking Bad, Sopranos. It's like one of the big ones that people think of as being like top end TV, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's up there yeah, with the yeah. films that you've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tommy, this has been wicked, man. I'll let you go now before your battery yeah, dies. Your dog eats your coat. But um, Jake, good luck with the baby son. Easy, Stop man. stretching up. Don't stretch up. <laughs> let it go. Do it natural. Let it grow naturally. I, I stopped getting carried away. Right, I got excited. It was. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> uh, Elliot. I ain't going to do that ouch thing, but uh, I love you, son, and uh, I'm here anytime you need me. I love you, mate. I'll give you a call soon, man, and I'll um, hopefully I'll be able to come out to LA and, and give you a shout when I'm out there soon. When yeah, you've been seeing that for years. You're mate, I booked, it, I booked it all. I was ready to go. Oh, in COVID, COVID that's me. right. Yeah. I was, I was at that March last year. It was April. April. It was all booked, man. And then you and Katie were coming. Yeah, it got cancelled a week before the flight. I was like, ah. I mean, this shit's all said and done, this COVID fucking nonsense. Um, you know, you've always got a bed in my place, son. Cheers, you can sleep man, with the horses. <laughs> you can jump Kate, in the stable Kate with the horses. Kate gets the bed and I get the horses. <laughs> oh, she's got, of course, got to look after her. Kate, she's cool as fuck. You can slide with the horse shit, and the, and the donkey and shit. You'll be fine. You'll be fine uh, down there. It's nice and warm. Thanks, mate. All right, guys. You, and, like, good luck with the rest Love of the job. And I'll, um, I'll speak to you soon, man. Yeah, take it easy, Tommy. Thanks, mate. Listen, both of you, stick in, and uh, you guys, uh, you guys are going to kill it. It's the matter of time. Just fucking stick in. Do not give up. That goes for everyone. You want to do this job? Stick the fuck in. Anyway, you two can take these <laughs> and swivel. He loves her. All right, mate. All right, my love, man. Take care. Thanks Bye, for being this. Love you, pal. Bye. Thank you to our guest Tommy, and thank you to our co-host Jake. We hope you carry a positive message to those of you starting out, those of you who are veterans in the industry, and those of you who are simply fascinated by film. We are a small independent podcast and we're now part of Patreon, so if you'd like to get episodes early, amongst other bonuses, it would be hugely appreciated to have your support and word of mouth. Thank you. It's a life in film. For any questions or requests, please email lifeinfilmpodcast at googlemail.com.